This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, badass friends, to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time and know that, yeah, life is busy. And the fact that you're here listening um, with us week to week just feels really, really amazing. It would be great if you would get online and write us an awesome review or share this podcast with one of your friends. Um, The podcast is growing so, so much, and we're just honored to be a part of that. I'm here with my good friend, Jessica. How are you doing today, friend? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) You are good. Um, I'm stoked about today's episode just because it is really closely aligning with what you've been up to for the last week or so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Today, I'm going to let you intro. Tell me what we're talking about today. Oh, well, today we're talking about the reality of your dreams. Well, I mean, there's two sides to every coin, right? Like, yeah, that dreams are great and dreams do come true and you can manifest your dreams. But there's also this reality side that like the grass isn't always greener, but is it still worth it? I mean, my imagination is usually a lot more colorful than reality ends up being sometimes, (laughs) I think. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about your big dream that uh, that you got to see in reality. Well, if you guys have been keeping up with the last few episodes or so, um, I was able to take my family to Disney World. I mean, epic parenting dream right there. Um, Yeah, and um, kept it a secret from Adelaide until literally we got to the airport. Um, It was freaking incredible, and I was really proud of us for all coming together and pulling this off. And... um, yeah, that in my previous employment situation, it was always a dream, but definitely not a reality. Yep. Um, and we talked about that a little bit a few episodes ago. We're like, could I have made it happen? Yeah, sure. I would have had to save up for a lot longer. Um, and with you being my boss the way you were, you totally would have given me the time and had been like... But you have to work all the Mondays for the rest of we, your life. Right, like, like, yeah how many Mondays are you working to make up for this? And mm-hmm. how are you going to accommodate your clients? And how are you going to do this? And how are you going to do that? That it would have just been um, painful, painful, More um, painful. <laughs> yes. Very painful. Um, that this time around um, I was able to save up the money, pay it all off in cash. And like before we even went, Yep. um, and give my little girl the trip of a lifetime um, of her dreams and spoil the shit out of her. Right. And just like, if she's in this really sweet spot, my daughter's um, six and a half. And um, she's still at this age where like everything's really magical. Mm-hmm. Um but she's also independent. So it's not like she's too little to where it was a pain in the ass and I had to carry her everywhere. And you know what I mean? But like, 
she's independent. She's good. She can take care of, you know, mostly herself, you know, um, she can feed herself, go to the bathroom, those kinds of things, you know, that like make traveling with kids a make or break for me personally. There are a lot of people who do Disney with kids even younger, um, to which I say, oh my God, good job. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, God, I saw a baby that had to have been like fresh. Yeah. Like this mom was carrying this teeny tiny. I was like, did you come here straight from the hospital? (laughs) Did you give birth and then go to Disney World? (laughs) Right. Like I imagine you on a small world, like having this baby. This baby was fresh. I was like, you're insane. (laughs) Um, but props to you, mom. God, women are freaking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Like some way more powerful than I am. But that even though this was a trip of a lifetime, I don't regret it. I will hold these memories near and dear to my heart. There were also a lot of like, not so fun things, right? Like Florida humidity. Not the best. Is real. Yeah. And that according to some Disney employees that I had talked to this October, well, thank you, climate change, um, is a little steamier and hotter than most Octobers that they've had. Right. And the park was busier this October than normal. Right. Because people are still cashing in. They're like IOU trips over COVID. So... The other part of this that's so funny is I remember when you, like, planned to do this in October, that the temperature was, like, a big driver for you. You were like, it's going to feel so good in October, you know? know? And it was still the freakishly hot, humid, yeah, like. I mean, it it didn't get anywhere above 90, but still at 87 with. Spoken like a true Texan, okay? It didn't get over 90. Like, 90 is sweltering for most people. I you know. know. Um, but here in Texas, we're like, oh, it wasn't three digits, so <laughs> it was fine. Well, I mean, yeah. So there was a lot of sweaty, but like my toes, we averaged 17,000 steps a day. I bet you did. Um, My toes felt like they were going to fall mm-hmm. off. Um. You know, physically, it's demanding to do very physically yeah. demanding. I will say, Magic Kingdom, those employees are fucking amazing. Oh, they got it down to a science out there. Now, other parks, they don't have to be as nice. Right. <laughs> um, not to say it was a bad experience. It wasn't a bad experience. Like the other parks are great, but um, Magic Kingdom in particular, yeah, everything's like. Come with me. This wonderful fairy world. Fairies yeah. and butterflies. And, you know, it was um, honestly, like, really refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to live here. Everyone's so nice. I like the life here. Like, <laughs> it's good. Be nice to me. So, yeah, like, the vision you had of a huge family Disney vacation versus the reality of what it was now that it's done. I won't do it again. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's not that it has to be bad. So it's not like reality is somehow worse than your dream or vision that you have of something. It's just always really different in practice than it is sometimes in our 
idealized state. And I feel like because I did, and I'll, I'm going to take the credit here. I planned this trip alongside my hell of a amazing Disney planner. If you guys need a Disney planner, Mm. I have the girl for you. She did amazing. Um, but that I was strictly like her contact. I made the decisions. Mm -hmm. I told her what we wanted, what we wanted to do. I was in charge of the itinerary. I was her direct contact. So I'm going to take the credit here and say, like, I did a lot of the work. Yeah. Um, but now that I feel like I have done this big, huge family, three parks in three days madness, I'm like, okay, we did it. So now I never have to do that again. Yeah. And now any other potential Disney trip that I do can be way more low key. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to do the bells and whistles like we did this time. I mean, I'm kind of a fan of this idea that you had last night where you and I just go and eat or drink our way through Disney. Like, yes, that's what I That sounds like your next Disney trip to me. Um, not that the family's not great, but I'm a fan of leaving them at home, honestly. Yes. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get that on the schedule. Um, so I have... I understand what you mean about planning trips because I like to plan trips. This is like I know my jam, this is right? your thing, and this was the first time of me planning a trip. I had nothing to do with scale. helping you plan Disney. Yeah, I like, know, but like, I'm so proud that you credit did that. to Laurie. It's a lot of work. Laurie did a lot of our Costa Rican trip, um, and you're just you're honestly really good at it. I'm just naturally gifted, I think. But Costa Rica was tricky. Nothing was as tricky as like the Greece and Italy thing, you know? Like, yeah where we had seven stops and, you know, went to different places, like unpacked, repacked, got on a plane, got on a ferry, got on a train, you know, like get to your next destination. That planning trips in general or like what you did with the family or what I we do with the retreats. Yeah. in a week. It's a lot to three move, hotels. you know, yes. locations. And that when you're planning that stuff, you're like, Oh, no big deal. Like, we'll just pack and move, you know? But in practice, the most exhausting parts of the multi-location trips I've been on are the getting from A to B. Right. And that you don't realize how exhausting that travel piece is in between where you're sleeping, you know? Right. Slash just never really being at home. Like, I think that we underestimate how uh, our safe home spaces are like this recharge set. Yes. And when you don't go back to that for several days, like that that in and of itself is exhausting being in a new environment that you know you're not going to be in for long. Forget about all the excitement of the thing that you're there to do, you know, like that that's exhausting too. Like that big trips in practice are very different than the way that we dream them to be. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not great. They're wonderful, you know, but like. The reality is sometimes harsh. Question. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite thing to do besides sleep and rest? What is your favorite thing to do when you get back from a trip? Gosh. I mean, you you said besides sleep and rest, like it's usually putting on pajamas and like (laughs) laying on my couch, you know, and doing nothing. Mine is driving my car. Oh, I love driving too when I get home. (laughs) I miss driving when I'm not. Because it's something that I can control. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have to rely on someone else. I don't have to call an Uber. Right. I'm like, who needs something from the store? I can go wherever I want. Like, yeah. Like, that, yeah. The routine feels nice. 
that having that control back, I was like, oh my God, I miss driving. Um, That's my favorite thing. When we did the Costa Rica retreat last year, this year. I keep thinking that was last year, it but was that was this seriously year. this year that we did that. It feels um, like lifetimes ago. We Aubrey and I were gone for a month. I know. After not driving for a month. And, you know, driving anywhere in Costa Rica is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, the roads are not so great, and there's not a lot of, like, traffic laws. You know, yeah. like, it's a little sketchy. Every man for himself out there. Yeah, but <laughs> I super want to, like, I'm so used to being in Texas where we have, like, interstates and roads <laughs> and GPS and all these things. That just the idea of being able to get yourself from point A to point B, um, that's a super gift. And in other countries, um, yeah, it's a little bit harder sometimes. Even just, like, when we did the multi-stop trip through through Italy and the Greek islands and stuff, like, that was, the travel was exhausting, but there were also so many things about, like, moving between countries like that that are... I mean, if you've ever left the country before, just like going through immigration and customs and stuff is weird. And we did that several times and jumping between islands all in the same country. Like there were several times where we would like walk out of an airport and not go through immigration or customs (laughs) and be like, is this weird that we just like crossed over an international border and... (laughs) Like, I was kind of bent. I was like, I want the stamp on my passport. Like, can I go back in? Because I want it. But there's so many things that I had this expectation of what it was going to be like to hop islands in Greece. And it wasn't like that at all. And it was wonderful and beautiful in a way that I didn't expect. But, like, my dream vision of how that was going to be even though I planned the whole thing, was nothing like it was. And your dream vision of that trip did not include dental work. It did not include dental work for Aubrey in two international hospitals <laughs> without anyone that spoke English in any of them. It also did not in, like take into account how freaking sick I was and that I could barely, like I couldn't drink alcohol for sure because I had such bad stomach problems through all of that. And Was that before my, or after your Nashville? It was after my Nashville hospitalization, after my Fort Worth hospitalization, I needed to have the gallbladder out, but I didn't have time before the trip. So we had to go on the trip with this faulty gallbladder. So I couldn't eat. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't eat anything that was good and and I couldn't drink. Y'all, this was her big 40th. I spent a year. Yeah, it was when I turned 40. It was your 40th birthday trip. One year of planning and $10,000 I spent on that trip. And I couldn't drink alcohol. I think I had like a glass of wine on my birthday and was like, okay, that's enough. And yeah, like really rich food and stuff was not an option. And I was just being very delicate with my system because I did not want to be so sick, you know? Right. So yeah, lots of things about that trip were very different. But I always talk so much about that trip about like, I had a huge spiritual awakening on that trip, but not in the way that you might think. Like it was not eat, pray, love kind of stuff. (laughs) It was way more like I was very sober. Very sober. And <laughs> More I, sober than you would than have, I have ever be. been, maybe. Um, and so there was the sobriety thing that makes you really delicate. Mm-hmm. And then all the traveling, like, talk about, like, moody, you know, yeah. and aggravated with things that I couldn't control, but I couldn't go, like, to the bar and have a drink, you know? Right. Like, that wasn't a thing. I also didn't have food as a coping mechanism because I couldn't really eat very much that was, you know, like, soothing in that respect. 
I did have Aubrey and all the time and all the beautiful, you know, like things. Right. And so and I Mandy just. Mandy was there. Yeah, Mandy came. Yeah. I had to embrace other things. But because I was so sober and had all of my coping mechanisms removed from me, I was so emotional on that trip. Like, I remember crying more than I've ever cried, you know, not in a bad way, but just because, like, I was holding so much stuff. It, like, cracked me open. And then, but I was also in these uh, beautiful places that I'd always dreamed of seeing and these magnificent waters and this, you know, insane beaches and all this great stuff that it was such a roller coaster of deep, deep emotion, but then so much elation and exhaustion that it was nothing like I expected it to be when I planned it. The reality was way more harsh, but also like way more beautiful than Mm -hmm. me imagining what it was going to be like to do all of that work. So yeah, like don't regret any of it. Best trip ever. Like check it off the bucket list. But reality looked a lot different than the dream. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Disney. <laughs> kind of like Disney. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think of other things that were like that. And I remember feeling this way a lot about the time I spent at Fashion Week. Yeah. And that when you grow up in the beauty business, all in, especially like for makeup artists. Well, Fashion Week is the end all be all. It's why. Next I, to a Vogue cover. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you're not going to be an editorial, yeah, stylist who like, yeah. in magazines and stuff. Um, runway and fashion week is a thing. And I remember the first time I got, the first time I found out I could go to fashion week and that was even an option, it was like a class that you paid for mm-hmm. and you got to go take the class and then you could pay to go to New York and you got to work on a show. And I was like, sign me the f- up. Like, I'm doing this. And so, yeah, I paid all the money and I took the class and flew to New York and I stayed in a apartment with like six other girls so we could pay for all of it. And I remember thinking like, I don't know why I kind of thought that fashion week would be like, I would get paid. We need to get paid a lot, you know, but like I had no idea that I would literally spend thousands of dollars. You were also on contract with like a global beauty brand. Yeah. Whereas my experience was different. Well, I was on contract, but they still weren't paying me to be there, you oh, know? Okay. Like, yeah. And um, and after after my first trip that I paid for out of my pocket, because this was back before I ever worked, you know, like in a salon that paid for me to go, um, I remember being kind of, like, I felt like it was a little bit of a trick. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I just busted my ass all of these years to be able to pay thousands of dollars to come to and work. work for free, you know? Yeah. and. Not that it's not a, like, the best thing about Runway and Fashion Week is when you see those models walking and you're like, oh, my God, I was a part of creating this vibe, this Mm -hmm. feeling, this energy. And it wasn't really about me. It was always about the designer's vision. It was always about the lead artist's look that they had approved with the designer. Like, you were literally just a robot cog working in the machine to execute this thing but that still felt really good to be a part of all of that you know um so that part of it was great and don't get me wrong like I've made lots of money in my career because of the multiple seasons that I went to fashion week you know like it's given me a lot of perspective but it was kind of like a trick where I was like oh wait this actually wasn't any different than doing like a fashion show 
at the church, you right. know, like in Arlington. It was exactly the same, really. Like, and truthfully, the fashion show at the church, I probably had more fun and freedom with the kind of makeup I got to do right. or the looks or the models, you know. Um, and that, it, yeah, like it wasn't about making money. It was just about paying to have the experience. And in latter years, I did get paid to go to Fashion Week and I didn't have to pay out of pocket. And it did become more um, balanced, I think, as far as the fun that I had versus the work that I did. But even in those years, I was still working four or five shows a day sometimes, getting up at 3 a.m. and working until midnight, you right. know, like lugging your backpack yeah. across the city, wrecking my from body, like yeah. studio to studio. Talk about show humidity, show. freaking oh, heat. Like, yes. It's um, some kind of misery in September in New York, you know, like right? it is I so was hot. Shocked when I went. Um, when was that? 2014. Um, because there's no air conditioning. Side story. Yeah. So when I was at Disney, <laughs> Angela Lansbury what? died. Yeah. And the guy who played Hagrid died. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have this knack for being in really important places. It's true. Connected to people mm -hmm. when they die. I was at New York Fashion Week in 2014 when um, Joan Rivers died. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to say where I want to go next. Um, Who has to die for you to go do cool things, Jessica? Like, this is the real question. Well, listen, I'm not trying to, like, have <laughs> lightning strike down upon me, but you and I can talk later about where I want to go just to see if okay. I still have it. All right. We're going to see. <laughs> that thing that comes in threes sometimes. You know what I, I know. But anyway, um, yeah, the September in New York, I thought, oh, it'll be chilly. Mm -mm. No. Misery. That humidity. Because like, it's the first week of September. I was wearing knee-high yeah. boots. No. It's also February is the opposite end. And it's like icy and snow. I never snow. did February. I walked through waist deep snow in February with my makeup Fuck kit over no. my head trying oh, to get through. God, you know, no. like it is insane weather. Um, I know. But, you know, like when you tell people that you've been to New York Fashion Week, it is the end all be all. I mean, next to Paris or Milan, like New York Fashion Week is like where you want to be. So when yeah. you tell people, they're like, oh, they my see the gosh. Glam. That was, must have been amazing. And you're like, actually? <laughs> well, and truthfully, like, it's not like you look great. Right? You don't, you know? Like, you look like hell after <laughs> running through all those shows. And you're wearing shorts and tees. Like, the girls who come to Fashion Week in the skirts and the heels. And the, I'm like, oh, you're, you're adorable. New like, <laughs> what are you going to do for those feet later? Like, come on. It's a very different. The reality of it was so different than what I expected. Um, and so, yeah, what I love about all of these examples is it, it didn't make any of the dreams bad. No. They are just always different. Right. It's like peeking behind the curtain mm -hmm. at Wizard of Oz. You right. know, like that. He's just a man behind a just curtain. Just a man behind a curtain. Right. Like there's really no big spectacle mm -mm. or magic or, you know. So I wondered, have you ever had a dream that turned out like exactly like you expected, like, or better or better. I think that our trip to LA where we did Rockstar Mansion 
was so yes, fun. Yes, that was a great trip. Even though the lights went out on us. It's all right. We immediately got our cell phone lights out and we just kept working. Right. Um, Because we're bosses like right. that, okay? Um, We had such a great team. L.A. is one of my fucking favorite it's places. A great place, yeah. Um, that yeah, that trip was, I think, went off without without a hitch. Like yeah. it was awesome, uh, um, and a lot smoother and easier than like any runway at New York Fashion Week. Oh was. yeah, it also was like way fewer models. Like yeah. there was enough team for you know like we weren't shorthanded or anything. Right. Um, yeah, that was. The more immediate thing I think about is, like, I think Pets for Vets went better. Yeah. And was fun and smooth and no crisis situation. Like, that things, for the most part, turned out exactly the way we expected them to, you know? Um, Maybe also for the same reason, just because there was plenty of people for what Uh needed to happen, and it wasn't, like, a huge stretch. No, Pets for Vets really was great. Um, Which, speaking of... I've got to go through those pictures. Same. Oh my God. This is the problem with being all having all the things lined up is that you never get a chance to go through all the content from the last thing you did. We have so much content to share. But um yeah, Pets for Vets really did turn out just as well, if not better. Mm -hmm. We had a goal. Yeah. We met it. Yeah. Not that, you know, would I have loved to have done more? Sure. For the amount of work that we didn't right. put in on that, you know, like, because it truly was not hard. Yeah. The hardest part was, like, finding a venue. But as soon as that happened, like, everything right. fell everything into place. Everything fell into place, yeah. Um, and really, we started way too late on that, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. For the amount of actual work that we had to do to collaborate on all of that, the executing of it was, like the best Sunday off work playing with your friends all day. Yeah. You know, like it was just not hard. Yeah. It was fun and easy. And it was fun and easy. And sure. had great results where we yep. were able to like give back and make art and create education opportunities and take care of puppies and vets. Like, come on. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a really great example of like a dream that turned out in reality to be just as good, if not better than what we had cooked up. Um. But I will say there were some stressful points where because we started so late, there were times where you and I were like, are we even? Well, I said a lot doing that this. I didn't know if like that it, truly when I looked at Pets for Vets and the Midwest Hairstyling Awards, I was like, one or the other will happen. Like, I didn't really expect both of them <laughs> so, to happen. Yeah. You know, like I thought one would probably fall apart, but they did not. Well, because and- how embarrassing would it be to fly in? You know, this hairdresser from L.A. And nobody showed. And nobody fucking showed up. We would have had so much fun anyway with Gino, but yes. That would have been embarrassing for me. I would have been embarrassed, but if it would have had to happen with anybody, like, (laughs) it would have been the easiest with him. Right. But that's actually something that's really interesting about dreams versus reality. Because it's not just you and I. Um, I have some friends that were... You know, they they have a venue and they were holding some events trying to support like local music and local artists. So same thing like we were doing with Pets for Vets, like a grassroots, let's expose people to things and work with locals and, you know, like showcase how amazing the talent is in Fort Worth, you know, and yeah. that. Which, um, by the way, all those, I say all, I think two 
of those events have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They look great. They're so great. And that when you are selling tickets to support an event, that it's a little bit terrifying how few tickets you sell before the event. (laughs) That you know, okay, to pull off this event, I got to sell at least 15 tickets to cover my costs, you know? And so you have tickets on sale three weeks beforehand. And like literally not one ticket will sell yeah. until like three days before the event. So like you've got all this money yes, invested. Guys. Yes. You've got the work, you've got the, organ- you're working on models, you're booking events, you're doing music, you're doing artists. You're putting together this thing that hasn't even happened yet with this expectation that it's going to sell the 15 tickets that it needs to in order Minimum. for you to pay yeah. for all the things that you're doing, right? So it's like this huge leap of faith. And somehow it never comes out the way that you expect it to, but you still manage to pull it off, you know? And Pets for Vets was one of those things that I'm like, I don't even know because it was so hard until the day of the event when people started (laughs) buying tickets. And then even then, like really what helped us and supported us so much was there were a number of people that couldn't make it, but bought tickets anyway. Yeah. And then there were people who donated way more money than the cost of a ticket right. in support of the cause, you know? Yeah. Um, and those things put us enough over what we needed to be that we were still able to donate all of that money. But in truth, it should not have been enough. Okay? Like, <laughs> right. on paper, I still don't know how all that worked out. Um <laughs> And that that was so true of my friends that were supporting these events yeah. the last few weeks that when we were talking about it and I showed up, I was like, so how many tickets have you sold? And they were like, two. <laughs> we sold two tickets, you know? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> how many do we need to sell? And they were like, you know, and we like had the whole conversation and I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Especially for music events. A lot of times people don't even buy a ticket until, you know, they're on their way. And there were enough cash sales at the door that everything came out fine you know and it was a successful event did they cover it i don't know that specifically but they got close enough enough, you know it was okay um that's good and you expect that for small businesses like ours that are trying new things like covering your costs is enough okay right like you don't lose your ass you're happy about it um and that that requires a huge amount of vision and dream and belief in what you're pulling off that there's going to be a natural tipping point one day where that's not such a hard space to achieve, you know? And, but that in reality, um, we would never be able to do something like a retreat in Costa Rica if we weren't willing to have the vision and the dream that it was something that was going to pay for itself and ideally make some money so we could continue to come up with new offers and events and stuff like um, and that the reality of doing the Costa Rica retreat was a lot different. But I'm also going to say in a lot of ways exactly what I expected it to be, too. You know, like it was um, better in some ways and not better in other ways that we get to tweak and change now that we're doing it again. And I guess that's the other part of like dreams to reality is the more that you execute these dreams and see what they're actually like in reality. Well, then you're able to structure them and work with them a little differently so the next time they get better and better and better. Um, yeah, so to anyone listening, I mean, first of all, our listeners, if you guys need or want support, 
on how to throw an event or a retreat or whatever, reach out to us. We're willing and available. But my message to people is like, first of all, you know, especially in um, like metropolitan areas, like Mm -hmm. where we live, where we have like a huge population, but it's almost like oversaturated to where there's so much in the Dallas Fort Worth area that like, I'm sure there's a lot of crap that I don't even know is happening. All day, every day going on, you know, but that where you see a need, like you and I saw a need for pets for vets Mm -hmm. where we wanted to bring together, um, artists and hairdressers for this cause to help rescue these animals, to rehabilitate them for veterans. Um, to just fucking do it. Just, just get started. Just get started. And that's enough. And to give yourself the room, the grace, the compassion to be okay with it, not being a big to do. Right. That it may just be a small thing. You may not cover your ass. Whatever it is, it's okay. The fact that, like, you tried at all mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know how honest and transparent we're really willing to be about our first Costa Rican trip, but, like, we did not make money. We did not break even, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a big learning curve. It was a lot of learning curves. And... For two, like, success-addicted people, like Laurie and I have been in previous workspaces, I promise you, like, a few years ago, Laurie and I would have been like, okay, well, that was enough. I quit. Yeah, like, if that doesn't make me money and if that doesn't make me successful, then I'm not going to do it. Mm. And here we are. Doing it. Doing it again. It's also, like, not for lack of... This feels so cliche. Like I hate it when cliches are true, I but know. they wouldn't be true. Yeah. That there were also events like that literally nobody bought one ticket for. You know, like that I had um I mean, I think I had two art immersion workshops and one of them people came, but there was one that like nobody bought any tickets for. But that when you have an event like that, you don't know that somebody's not just gonna show up without a ticket mm-hmm. and want to participate. So sometimes when you don't sell any tickets, that didn't mean I didn't still set up for the workshop that day. I did, you know, like, and that I had put it out there to people that were like, I don't know, maybe I'll stop by, you know? And so I couldn't not set it up and cry about it. Yeah. I sat it up and I painted by myself that day, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and it was actually really nice. And, Mm -hmm. and I was sad. I didn't sell any tickets and I definitely had the failure conversation with myself a few times, but that, um, it was actually okay. And then the next week when the second one was, I did sell tickets and it was, you know, like a thing. But it, you build on other smaller events to be able to pull off some of the bigger events, you know, like, and that those are all just um, practice. Well, and that the right people show up for the right thing when they're yes. ready. Yes. You know, um, that since doing, well, I didn't do the art immersion with you, I think, because I was you were out, out of town. town. Yeah. But um, that you were at the Midwest Hairstyling Awards. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. That first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
that since then, though, I have had clients ask, like, are you going to do any more, like, art immersion Oh, yeah. People ask all the time. If didn't you show up to would the last have one. come, that would, no. But, but see, that's uh, the wrong vibe. It just vibe. goes to show. Yeah, totally. Like, it just goes to show that, um, you know, people come when they're available and ready. Um, and sometimes people, like, catch the vibe, but they may be scared. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of things about Badass Ladies Club where I think that people are still confused. Like, what are we doing here? What is this? What, you know? I, I'm also confused sometimes. Same. So I understand. Like, we are, too. Yeah we're, yeah. we're making it up as we go along. Um, <laughs> we're totally making it up as we go along. And what we're all about, I guess, is what you make us all about to be, you know? So, yeah, it's a beautiful evolution, you know, yeah. like how all of that comes together. And what's so interesting about, I think, like, having events and hosting them and selling tickets and all of those things is that in the times where we have had low enrollment or we have had to cancel an event or one didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to, your immediate or my immediate reaction is that it like says something about our company. Yeah. Or it says something about me that we didn't do something the right way or, and that's never the truth, you know, like, in reality, most of those times that things didn't work out, it was totally okay for me to have the day off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that in one way, shape, or form, I really shouldn't have been doing something for whatever reason. Or, like, um, the July 22 Costa Rica retreat is a really good example of that, yeah. you know, where um, it didn't work out. And there were a number of reasons why it wasn't working out. And so when we let it go, like, that that was disappointing slash probably really okay that we didn't try and pull that off, you know, like that, that maybe would not have been a good thing if we did try and cram that in there where it was. And so in respect to this, like dreams versus reality thing, like I have this thing where I overestimate sometimes how much I can actually do. And universe is like, maybe you slow your roll a little bit, you know, like that's actually not right for you right now. And that you do have to listen to those things, you know, like that, that reality, as much as I don't want to see that sometimes is maybe what's best for me. And like what's meant for you is not going to pass you by. Yeah. Yeah. And you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. Right. You know, like when things are supposed to be a certain way, then the right people and students and opportunities and all of that they just it just happens it just comes together um that there's no need to force all of that um but reality's okay yeah <laughs> okay reality sometimes the lesson <laughs> but okay Laurie doesn't like that I'll take it I'll take the lesson it's fine um but what I the other part about it too is I do think that it's starting to make the dreams um easier to achieve because you start to get more aware of what the reality is going to look like behind all of You're that. You're more prepared. Totally. <laughs> You're more realistic. Yes. Which sounds pretty flashy and exciting, I know. <laughs> what else about dreams versus reality? Are we missing anything about I don't know, y'all. Tell I me would- this. What's the reality like owning your own salon versus the vision of all of that? Well, let me tell you. Tell me. Um, well, the fact that, okay, so I was telling this to somebody a couple weeks ago. Um, sometimes the hardest part of living where I work 
especially in a salon environment, is okay, there's like capes and towels, right? Like every client wears a cape and I use at least four towels on each client. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do 10 clients in a day. So you do the math. Yeah. Um, sometimes I work till eight, eight thirty at night. And then I have to be ready by eight thirty, eight forty-five in the morning. Um, laundry doesn't go by quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I have huge storage space for multiple days of 40 plus towels a day to do, you know, whatever. Um, well, God, way more than that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, that the reality that like the dream and like the glitz is that I don't have a commute. Mm -hmm. Um, I am at home, so it's not like I have to spend money, like, going out, you know, like I did when... Eating out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have employees or anybody bugging the shit out of me, mm -hmm. you know, um, that I get to set the rules and I set the tone, and that is fucking awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the night, I have to do all this laundry. Yeah. And so, for example, like when we went out to Joe T. Garcia's a couple of weeks ago with our girlfriends mm -hmm. on a Thursday, mm -hmm. Thursday night. Well, that's great and everything. I threw my capes and towels in the washer before I left. Well, we didn't get done with Joe T's till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Had to go home, flip it over to the dryer stay awake for another hour. And it's not like I live close to Joe T's. It's right. easily a 25 to 30 minute drive. Mm -hmm. um, I was up till midnight yeah. doing these capes and towels. And that's just like a regular thing for me. So if I want to have a social life on those nights that I have to do my laundry, yeah. that you know what I mean? It's like it adds hours to it the adds yeah. hours mm -hmm. to the day. It's um, also, there's nobody else to fold the towels. Right. Like, Whereas when I worked in a salon, right. it was a team effort. It was effort. a team effort, yeah. And I sometimes went days without folding a towel or cape because yeah. I was so busy behind the mm -hmm. chair. Other people did it first. That like, other people yeah. got to it first. Totally. And that was a bonus yeah. that I had a whole team of people to do capes and towels. Not the reality anymore. The reality is I'm up watching, you know, Shits Creek and Modern Family while folding towels. But you know what? That's not a bad reality to have. I was about to say, it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile trade. I yeah, it's definitely worth the trade. But so. different. Yeah. I would imagine it's also, um, maybe not so much for you, but I remember when Mandy opened her, um, her one chair salon in her house, that it never occurred to me that when she's working, the kids have to be gone. Yeah. So it's not like she can just go in the salon and close the door and the other people in the household can, like, be there and do life. They actually can't, you know, like, because there's no way she'd be able to take care of her clients if the kids were coming Running into the salon around, yeah. or being loud or, you know, like, crying baby, whatever. Um, and that then I was like, oh, working from home kind of takes on a whole new context when you're in service with people like that. Yeah. Because the other people in the house got to get out, you know, and that 
even working at home the little bit that I do, like my sweet Bowie, my puppy, like he sometimes sees a bird and wants to bark like an insane maniac at something outside, you know, like he has to go in his house Yeah. when I'm on Zoom sessions with people, you know, like and lay down and be quiet in a dark place where he's not going to have a freak out, you know. Um, it, slash if Aubrey's home, I've got to like close the door and insulate myself, you know, from what's going on. And that sometimes working from home, I didn't think so much about what that meant for all the other. Yeah. You know, what's really hard. So Mandy at her home salon has its own thing, right? Its own outside entrance. Right. Whereas my home salon does not, people have to walk through my front door. They have to walk through my entire house because my salon is in the back of the house. Um, And I know that most people understand because my clients are fucking awesome. And I know that they wouldn't totally judge me. It's just really hard to have a Mm six-year-old and to make it look like a six-year-old doesn't live there. Yeah. Mandy's uh, bathroom that was attached to her salon, they used to lock it from the outside so the kids couldn't use the salon bathroom during the week. Right. Because she was like, they trash it. So, like, everybody had to go to the back bathroom in the house, you know? Right. Um, Because she literally had to lock the doors to keep her children out of there so it would stay right in condition for her to go to work. Right. You know? Um, Well, because... And this is partially my fault. I started, like, purging Adelaide's room Mm -hmm. a month ago. (laughs) So her room is in disarray. I mean, it was kind of one of those projects that I started where, like, okay, we're going to donate this. We're keeping this. We're donating this. We're keeping this. Then life happened and Disney happened Mm -hmm. and, you know, all these things. And now I have to really get back on it. But, um. There's really not a whole lot of room for her to play um, because everything's a fucking mess in there. Um, And her favorite thing to do right when she comes home is to get out hundreds of sheets of computer paper, (laughs) fucking put it all over the dining room table. Mm. She writes cards and comic books and... She pretends like she's a teacher and there's markers everywhere and pens Mm -hmm. and all the things. And I'm like, I mean, I feel like it's unfair to Adelaide to be like, yeah, I know you live here, but you can't act like you live here because this is also where I do my business. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, sometimes like I don't feel like fucking cleaning it up because... It's a lot, mm. and she's just going to get it back out. That sometimes I just want to tell my clients, yeah, a six-year-old lives here, so just go to the salon. And right. You know what I mean? But I do. I clean it up, and I try to keep everything. So these are, like, the such good examples yes. of <laughs> the things in reality that you don't think about when you're idealizing. Oh, I did not think about that when I opened my home salon. Right. No. And that, and it's so, again... Like, not a deal breaker. Right. And is something that is, like, any time that you move yourself into this idealized situation that's going to be so much better than where you were, 
or book the huge trip that's like the bucket list vacation that's going to be perfection in every way that you always have to prepare yourself a little bit for the things that you didn't see that you're inevitably going to have to like work with in reality. Yep. It's all good. It's all good and it's all worth it. You just have to be prepared for the lessons along the way. And you're like, oh yeah, my kid's a tornado. Yeah. (laughs) Earth school is challenging. That's why we came here, y'all. Um... I feel good about this, and I'm excited yeah. to see whatever dreams we cook up next and how interesting that reality looks like. Yes. Um, I would love to hear some of our listeners' examples of dreams that they had that turned out to be really different in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and I would love to share that stuff. So if you guys have anything that this, like, brought up for you, maybe DM us on Instagram, Um or you can also send us a message through our website at www.badassladiesclub.com and share with us some of your dreams that were a little different in reality. And we'll put those out. For better on, or for worse. Yeah, because I feel like collectively, it we all learn so much from that, you know, because sometimes we share similar dreams. And as we're executing them and trying to figure them out, if we can, like, learn from each other's experience, that makes it so much easier, yeah. you know. We love you guys so much. Have a great week. Go out and chase those dreams, y'all. We'll see you next time.